Well, welcome to a momentous uh, podcast of Three Gens Theology. It was um, a year ago that we published our first one, the first week of April last year, 2021, and now we're at the first week of April 2022 here, and uh, we are uh, excited to still be sharing with you and uh, we our hope and our prayer is that we are uh, a, a blessing in sharing about theology about the Lord about the relationship we can have with him and then these truths can help to grow in that fullness we say basically each week that we want to come alongside and be an encouragement as you grow in your walk of faith and that's certainly what we want to do we don't plan on stopping anytime soon, uh, but it is a great milestone uh, to recognize here at the one-year mark, so how, how good that is. Guys, what about you? Do you have any, any comments on the, on the year marker that we have here? Well, if you were to compare the, uh, the video, the first of our podcasts, with the one today, you'll probably see some changes not the least of which is that we've all gotten a year older. Yeah. But we also are as excited today as we were a year ago when we first started this. Uh, as Dan said, we're not going to run out of material anytime soon. Yep. So uh, we're thrilled to be able to come alongside and, and uh, walk with you through some of the wonderful teachings of the Word of God. It's amazing at one year older that that is uh, a, a smaller percentage of your life as it, than it is of mine. That's true. And it's a smaller percentage of size life than it is uh, of mine even. Or a smaller percentage of mine than it is of size. So it's, it's, it's funny how one year can, can be such a small thing as you get old, as, as, not you, as, as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> one year goes by very quickly. Uh, I will accept the fact as, that my getting older as, might as you get older. Impact. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Time flies, right? That's it for, does. That's for sure. It As does. we were coming up on, I, I knew this was coming up, and so I was trying to think back to you know what it was like when we first started, and I don't think, I don't think we published any from my old office, but I was thinking about back to yes, uh, you guys probably, I, I don't think you guys saw it, but we we I was in a I was in like a. A, to say dungeon would be too much, but actually, probably this room is more of a dungeon than right. Uh, but oh, it was just an awkwardly laid out room for what we were going to end up doing, and so uh, moved moved that. But then I was thinking the uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but we had two weeks back to back when we were supposed to record and then post that huge snowstorms came through, and so we were actually we were supposed to start in the middle of March, right? Uh, but it all That's got true. it all got, got pushed delayed, back got to delayed. April, so. <laughs> Uh, the the year should have been should have been sooner, but yeah, I, a couple a couple stats that I that I came across. We use Anchor uh, to uh, to do our podcast stuff, and so we have we've had one thousand two hundred and sixty nine individual plays of our podcast there in you last go. year. Wow. So there you go. Uh, Great. Honestly, hitting a thousand is that's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. I, yeah. I'm pretty pretty yeah. proud of that. That's impressive. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we're Thank uh, you. we have listeners all the way from. <laughs> Uh, the United States, Germany, Canada, Japan, Nigeria, and France. Wow. So yeah. we're all we're worldwide. <laughs> so thank you guys. Thank, thank you, you guys for listening. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it is crazy that we. I mean, so it, with fifty two with fifty two um, publishings, and that's so. Yeah, fifty two publishings and uh, over a thousand views. That's that's uh, that's something. Uh, it's exciting. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. That's yeah. A, a multiple there. That's right. good. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It's, that's. 
Yeah, I could have anticipated us having like, you know, 156 or whatever, with whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, our podcast times three is. Right. But right. Uh, no, we got we got quite a few listeners. So, yep. yeah. So thank you. I mean, yeah. we we really are not doing this. I mean, I think all of us would agree we're not doing this for a pat on the back. But like, right. Uh, right. You know, we love that that this is being enjoyed by enjoyed by many. And yep. it's uh, it's been awesome. Like, I, I, I think all of us can say. Uh, you know, there's, there's just been plenty of times throughout the recording process that we've, uh, you know, we've finished and been like, Hmm, that was interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that way. (laughs) And so we hope that you guys have had, had that similarly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think so much, um, we get caught up in, um, a Bible story, a practical truth, oh, an overtly practical truth of a, um, comforting truth, yep. um, and a a are just our busy lives. Yep. That we that as a church, uh, as a church people, we often just miss what is it we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to to talk through it uh, on a more um, dedicated, methodical format is is i think really helpful yeah um for most church people for us too i'm just to talk through it has been (laughs) great for us Uh, i think when si and i first talked about this um actually i wanted for uh si and my son drew to to do something and they kind of switched it up on me and said, no, why don't we, <laughs> let's do this the other way. I wasn't planning on being in it. I was planning on helping them. But, uh, and then, uh, the idea of having, having grandpa involved in it has been a, a real blessing. And so for us to be able to, uh, squeeze the sponge out a little bit of, of his knowledge has been, has been so good. Uh, and then to, um, have that be the, have his, uh, knowledge be the basis for a lot of what we talk about has been really, really good for our format, but good for, for, for Cy and for me, uh, to, uh, have that generational, um, uh, impact in our family. Uh, and so it's been really good that way. Thank you, Dan. Pers- we, we really, sense. I think we've learned a lot from each other. Yep. And challenged each other along the way, which yeah, is I'm never, a good thing. I'm never afraid of giving my opinion about something. So. <laughs> <laughs> it may be wrong, but it, <laughs> it I think all three shy. of us have done that along yeah. the way. But, yeah. And by the way, speaking of opinions, uh, we we really are serious when we invite you to uh, to write us and uh, ask us questions. Certainly, we leave things unanswered at times. Uh, as much as we might try to make it clear, right. we don't always make everything clear. So by all means, please let us know if there's something that uh, we can explain further. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it's a weird balance of uh, we want to, <laughs> there's no way to be thorough. We, we want to be, we mm-hmm. want to be thorough, but there's no way to be thorough because we would, we would still be in theology proper if we were if we were going to be thorough so right. it's a, it's a strange combination that we um that we are going slow but not um not at a snail's pace either so it's a it's it, there are certainly things un, unsaid and uh, left undone so if, if you have questions or comments please share those 
or you might just share something that, that's that you've been impacted with over this year. That would be great for us to hear from you. Uh, my email is pd at crossbridgeindy.com, or you can leave a comment on if your podcast uh, format li- uh, allows you to. That would be great. Um, and uh, But, uh, again, my email, pd at crossbridgeindy.com. You might let us know how you've been impacted by 3Gen's theology for this year, how good it is. Well, we'll jump in now to... Um, this section of, of Christology, we're going to do a little cleanup on uh, hypostatic union and kind of discussion we've been having between uh, kenosis and hypostatic union and some mm-hmm. of the some of the discussion that's been going on there uh, that I think we'll uh, try to talk through some of those things uh, today. Uh, Sai, why don't you start us in this part with prayer, and then uh, Grandpa can jump in there. Yeah, I'd love to. Lord, uh, Lord we just thank you for... Uh, we thank you for today, um, Lord, uh, even uh, to, to look back like we've done and, uh, and just uh, praise you for the fact that we've been able to uh, record and, uh, and, talk, and talk together and talk about theology for the, for the last year. And um, Lord, as we frequently pray, Lord, just thank you for uh, just creating our minds in a way that we can, uh, that we can think and we can uh, understand just a little bit of who you are and um, Lord, I pray today as we as we continue to tackle a uh, kind of a mind bender of a topic, I, I just pray that you'd allow us to to think well. I pray that you, uh, for the three of us, I pray that you allow us to to speak well. Uh, and uh, Lord, uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, just be with us today in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sai. Well, you, our listeners, have had the opportunity for several days now to think through some of the things that we talked about together related to the hypostatic union and the theanthropic person, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Um, I thought it might be a good idea for us, since it's been a while since we talked about this, to bring up some issues that will maybe help to solidify some of our thinking on this, and then we can uh, sort of wrap up this area, a very important area of theology, and one that has been discussed and debated and concerning which thousands of volumes of, uh, of theology have been written. First, let's emphasize the fact that uh, the incarnation was not a transmutation. In other words, what we're saying is that uh, God did not turn himself into man and cease to be God. That is not true at all. Uh, the, the divine nature and the human nature were brought together in a, in a unique way so that uh, the human nature is still there today, glorified in heaven, um, and the Son never ceased to be the Son of God. The Trinity never changed. As a baby, Jesus was a true baby. And uh, the, the divine nature limited the expression of anything that would bring about the growth of Jesus as the God-man to that limitation of being an infant. So, uh, there, so there'd be times where people would say that God became man. <clears throat> That's not a wrong statement in the, in, <laughs> as long as what they are meaning is that God, who still was God, took on the form of man. But that's it, right. it, it is a common saying 
that about Jesus that God became man. Yes. Um, typi- that could be t- misunderstood. T- typically, yeah. in that <laughs> statement, they're not saying that God ceased to be God and became man. That's right. But it could be misconstrued that way. Sure. And so we need to be careful um, not to cast out that person as heretical because they made that statement. But we do want to be clear about what we believe, that Jesus never stopped being God. That's right. There's, there, that's a, that is a biblical boundary line that we want to not go past, right? Exactly. So um, I think when we hear, uh, it can be that way in poetry and in songs especially. Oh, sure. When, when they talk about um, you know, God becoming man, uh, that, that's not that's not out of bounds as long as you're seeing it within the framework of him, right. him being God the whole time. So God yeah. took on man. Exactly. Took he, on a human nature. Right, right. And, and in the process, what was seen as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee was a man. Was a man, right. And in that sense, we see that the... The divine nature taking on a human nature was fully human right. as well as being And the reason you have to be thought. careful about that is because there have been beliefs, there, pro- there still are people who would, who would believe it, but predominantly it has been a disproven belief that, that Jesus did give up being God mm-hmm. or never was God and was a man only. Right. And that's a dangerous right. heretical belief. A second concept that we need to keep in mind is that the divine nature was the the dominant role if you will in the god man um in the way that we try to understand and and we've had some good discussions about this among ourselves we have to recognize the fact that the human nature was dependent upon the divine nature to have any expression of divinity in him. In other words, any knowledge of the hidden things of God had to come through the divine nature. But it was somewhat like, and we could use a couple of analogies, one of them would be like the analogy of the prophet. The Old Testament prophet was an individual who had um, the Holy Spirit using the contents of that prophet's mind the language that prophet had, making it possible for that prophet to say in human words what God wanted said. But he never ceased to be just human. In the case of the God-man, we have God the Holy Spirit working with the humanity of Jesus. But we also have a very unique relationship whereby Jesus was able to also utilize, although somewhat like the prophet, not fully understanding, not having a full omniscience, if you will, uh, as he walked on the earth. The human nature did not know everything. The human nature could not do everything. But the God-man had a unique relationship with uh, both the members of the Trinity, the Father and the Holy Spirit, And also, there was a way in which, along the way as Jesus was ministering, that not only the Holy Spirit, but also the Son of God could have a part in in his ministry. Thirdly, Jesus knew the thoughts of, of humans around him. 
He knew he was doing the will of the Father all the way through his ministry, and yet he went to the Father and constantly prayed. And that is a good reminder to us of no matter how much knowledge we have of the Scripture, no matter how far we've grown as believers, we need that interaction with the Father as well. Jesus could walk out of a crowd and, and no one could touch him. But when the time came for Jesus to die, he surrendered himself into the hands of those who came for him. When he was on the cross, he led one of those who was crucified with him to the Lord, if you say we want to put it that way. He promised him because of his faith that he would be with him in paradise and yet on that same cross, Jesus, not to fulfill prophecy, but because he was completely parched, said, I thirst. He needed something to drink. Um, when he died on that cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as we sort of hinted at last time, that required a reality that's hard for us to understand. Yeah. Uh, the reality that his relation, the comfort of the Father was not there. The comfort of the Holy Spirit was not there. And even the divine nature was muted in its operation and comfort for Jesus as he hung on that cross so that he could literally say that he felt at that point a separation that he had never experienced during his entire human existence. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, the the picture of the prophet compared to Jesus is an interesting one, and I think we could even put ourselves in that in that idea that the the purity of of thought, the purity of of um, of rightness, uh, the the purity of, of drive, all of that, not just purity in a right, in a moral sense, but in, in what he should do mm -hmm. was clear. Yes. And uh, for us, when we have the spirit working in us, there is still in us. The sin the, nature. Right. The, yeah. the impurity. <laughs> yeah. And so um, how much more powerful would that, um, would that, divine power how much more clearly would it come through you know um how much and how much more powerful could we allow it to come through if if we were uh, more purely in line with what the what the father desired right. uh, but i do think that's an interesting combo as we've talked about the the kenosis um um it, that purity, I think, is a an, an interesting real difference. Um, one of the things I like about my thoughts on the kenosis is that when Jesus was tempted by Satan and he quoted scriptures and trusted the Spirit to empower him to stand against temptation, that's the same, that's an example for us to, to mm -hmm. quote the scriptures and rely on the Spirit's power. Absolutely. You know? And so it clearly is an example to us. There's no doubt about that. But whether that's exactly what he did or not, we don't know, right? Right. Um, but if, if that's what he did, even then, he had such a purity of connection with the Spirit, 
<laughs> yes. That it was, uh, you know, um, at, at immediate use, at 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 no hesitation use, at you know whatever whatever complete matching you want there, and we wouldn't have that same complete matching. Absolutely, no, we would much not. like the prophets, right? right? But the prophets still spoke exactly what the Lord wanted. So, That's right. so it still was accomplished exactly what the Lord wanted. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we would find more, uh, better comfort in the work that has been done by, not by Jesus, but by, by what God has done in people. You know, I mean, uh, so because sure. God does use people and has used people to accomplish great work. Right. Um, and so, one thing we don't want you to do, and and we want to make this this uh, clear, this discussion is extremely deep and it's extremely theological. Right. We don't want you to move away from what the scriptures actually teach. And when you're looking at the life of the Lord Jesus, as you're looking at his the things that he said, the things that he did. Um, you don't need to be spending a lot of time thinking about, well, did the Holy Spirit lead him to do that? Or was it the divine nature that did? Yeah. It, it, that's not really as important as simply recognizing that Jesus Christ was fulfilling the exact purpose of God all the way through his life and ministry. And that uh, it was only because he was the unique theanthropic person, the God-man, that he was able to do all that he did. And his, his humility and surrender to the Father and his Father's will and to the Holy Spirit was complete, right. totally complete. Yeah, the, uh, the, as I said a little before we started recording here, I, as you read the Gospels, it seems so natural that it is Christ's power that is that is accomplishing these mm-hmm. things. And then as you do come to Philippians 2, you think, well, somehow, somehow there is a veiling or a muting or a, uh, you know, a, a, a dimming of, of those, of his own powers in order to become, uh, to put on man, right. you know. And so it's, it's trying to put those together. But I completely agree with you. there's no real need to parse at each point whether it is Christ's power or the Spirit's power accomplishing this work because Christ is God and he receives worship as God. He knows he's God the whole time. And whether whether he's uh, God and using the Spirit's power or God and using his own power in those settings doesn't change the fact that he's doing a sign that shows that he is who he says he is. Exactly. You know, so he's in complete agreement with the spirit. Absolutely. Whether it's his own power or the spirit's power. That's right. You know, so. That's right. right. Yes. Now, what what was accomplished by this special union is something that we really need to think about as we sort of wrap up our thoughts right. in this whole area. Why was it necessary for there to be a union of God and man in this way, in order for the plan of God for salvation to work out? That's a, that's a question that we have got to ask. Jesus learned so much about humanity, practically speaking. 
And this is very important for us to understand, isn't it? That as I said about Jesus on the cross, when he thirsted, he thirsted. It was because he was truly thirsty. Jesus wasn't there on the cross thinking, okay, now it's about time that I say something about being thirsty because that will fulfill something. That's nonsense. Of course Jesus fulfilled all things that were prophesied concerning him, but he experienced it all as we experience things. And that is significant. His, his experience of suffering was directly tied with his humanity. And because he's human and divine, he was able to suffer the death that he suffered in our behalf fully and completely in our behalf as a proper substitute for us. You sorry, you said the you said that Jesus him you you said learning is was the word you used. So explain that some because God doesn't learn he he knows sure. right and so explain what you mean there by the necessity for Jesus to experience these things that's why i use the word um he knew by experience there are a couple of greek words that have to do with uh, with knowledge one of them has to do with knowledge that is sort of intuitive it's something that we think without necessarily having to have the experience god knew what humans were like. Jesus knew what humans were like. God had a complete and full understanding uh, because he is God and because he's omniscient of what human experience is all about. But by Jesus Christ walking on this earth as the God-man, there was a full appreciation on the part of the human nature of God of Jesus, what it was to be a man, to know by experience what humans experience, and to demonstrate that that knowledge was there. In other words, to be able to demonstrate to his disciples a kind of humor, a kind of compassion, a kind of understanding, a kind of reaching out that he could only do based upon the fact that they could see that this was a man who knew them, cared about them, experienced what they experienced. And so in that sense, it was a, it was a practical experience on the part of, of Jesus. I think even the temptations that way, we, yeah, would, we would certainly believe that uh, Jesus was not going to sin. Mm-hmm. And so some had, some would say, well, then was he really tempted? You know, they would they would discount the temptations, and I would agree with that to a to a degree. There w- he was not going to sin, mm-hmm. um, but he did experience the temptation when his body was at its weakest, having yeah. having fasted, right? Having having a yearning for having a. a an actual yearning for food, for for thir- you know, uh, having a weakness, and he still faced those temptations, right, right, uh, and experienced them. So the knowledge, in a sense of of experiential knowledge um, of those things, um, he also was the greatest teacher who ever lived, and one of the ways in which he taught 
was by giving the people who were around him, usually his disciples, um, a clear and full understanding of not only how things work, but why they work. And so even in the sense of the, uh, the temptation, Jesus, while he was going through an experience in which he was extremely tired, extremely hungry, he'd been in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights, um, he knew that the, the angels could have come and ministered to him, but that wasn't what was involved in this situation. Jesus literally taught us how to experience temptation. So if you look at it from a practical perspective as well, what Jesus did was to teach, to teach how to handle um, temptation when it comes, as well as to experience it himself. Right. The other thing that we might emphasize is that human mediators between man and God could never accomplish what Jesus Christ accomplished. What did a human mediator do? What did it, what did a priest do? Well, Hebrews talks about offering sacrifice again and again and again and again and again ad nauseum. Yes. <laughs> the the priest could offer sacrifices. The priest could pray in behalf of the people. The priest could uh, could send off uh, a goat. Uh, bearing the sins of the people away from the camp. The priest could do all of those things, but the priest would die, and the priest was not always effective. There's only one who could serve as a perfect mediator between God and man, and that was the man Christ Jesus. And secondly, he was the only one who could serve as both the mediator and the sacrifice at the same time. Yeah, the union of uh, God and man uh, is fulfillment of prophecy from that side. Um, it is a sign of, of uh, reality of God. Mm -hmm. It is um, teaching a display, the word, a right. display of who God is. Right. But the accomplishment of the forgiveness of sin mm. is really where the whole purpose. I mean, the other things are are vital. Yes. <laughs> but they all culminate in the in the price that was the price that was paid. Absolutely. Right. Uh, the the accomplishment. The he died once, once for all. Right. First Timothy two five says it beautifully, doesn't it? For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Yep. And using the term the man Christ Jesus there is so beautiful because it summarizes what we've been talking about. Right. We said that the hypostatic union is the combination of God and man together in one person. Yep. One person. Right. So when that term is used, it's used in a very beautiful way to describe who he was. Well, this has been good. There's definitely some essentials that you need to believe uh, to match the scriptures about this 
this subject. Uh, there are uh, beautiful things from this that we can cherish uh, in this. And then there are some speculations that we can have on top of it mm-hmm. that we can uh, consider. And nothing wrong with those things, but, but understand the, the Bible, what the Bible says is what's right. And then uh, cherish those things. Cherish the foundational truths that, that Jesus um, became a man uh, to, uh, to offer himself uh, for our forgiveness. Uh, what, a, what a privilege we have to know we have been forgiven because, uh, because Christ is the offering because Christ is the one, not, not so uh, a, a lamb or a pigeon would be offered and offered and offered and offered right. and offered, but so that he was offered one time and uh, offers forgiveness for all time. And so when we trust in him, we are given that, that great forgiveness, a home in heaven and a relationship with God that is eternal. How good it is. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us again. Uh, do communicate with us. It's great to... Uh, have you with us and continuing to go through these these truths with you. Um, you can comment on your uh, area of podcasting and Spotify is doing video now. So mm-hmm. we can do p- video on YouTube or Spotify and you can do audio on any of your other podcast outlets. Uh, my email again is pd at crossbridgeindy.com and we'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll see you next time.